Um, people always say I talk to myself. It is true. I do. Um, anyway, um, I think we're live, everybody. Um, welcome to Brain Food Live on Air. It is episode 173, bringing it to you every Friday, no fail. And today I am particularly excited to have a conversation with you um, because we've been doing these like mini series of how to source uh, uh, from platforms of different types. Um, and each time we've had like just hundreds of people uh, register onto uh, onto the show. Every time, no fail. It's by far the most popular topic. It's very clear that we're very, very keen to still try and find new places to source candidates. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about how to source candidates on Slack. I'm sure everyone is aware of Slack and are part of multiple communities out there. Well, guess what? Um, there are like millions of people um, that use that tool every day. Um, and oftentimes they are in places that are identifiably um, in skill or interest verticals. So the question today is, you know, how can we actually go and potentially identify those folks and recruit them? Uh, both off-platform and on. So that is the topic of the day. If that is not something you're interested in, you're in the wrong show, uh, go away, have a cup of tea and disappear. If you are interested in sourcing on Slack, you're in the right place. So welcome to the show. Um, okay, um, again, quick change of scene. Um, we're going to do the re newsletter review on a different show on Monday now. So it's called Brain Food, Brain Food Baked Fresh. That's happening Monday, 12.30. So we're going to go straight into the conversation as soon as possible so that everyone's got more time to absorb the intelligence from our guests. Um, now, before we kick off, it's always important that we make sure that the audio and video is going okay, that everyone can hear me. I mean, to be honest with you, very rarely does it fail these days. It seems to be getting better, but I just want to make sure. So folks in Crowdcast, the 138 of you watching it on Crowdcast right now, if you can hear me okay, please let me know in the chat. Uh, just let me know uh, whether, give me a thumbs up or something. Um, we should be broadcasting this live also on LinkedIn. So this should be on my LinkedIn page. Uh, and I believe if you're watching it on LinkedIn, um, let me know on there whether you can hear me okay. Let me just check my phone actually, just to make sure that it is, I'm up. LinkedIn is, I, I just didn't check it on another browser. You know what I'm saying? Um, oh yeah, there I am. I seem to be there. 43 people watching on LinkedIn. So welcome everybody on LinkedIn. Um, okay. Let me know on LinkedIn whether the audio is okay there. We're also broadcasting this on Facebook and on Twitter as well, in case anybody else pays attention in those places. Okay. It looks like everyone can hear me fine, which is great. Um, okay. Before we kick off quick word and shout out to our sponsors, friends, uh, we can't do brain food live every week as consistent as consistently as we do without the support of our sponsors. So I want to give a quick shout out to um, the wonderful Chronify, chronify.com. They are an enterprise ready scheduling tool. Um, so if you are working for a business that is spending way too much time scheduling things like, I don't know, interviews with candidates and doing that manually and chasing people around. That is not the way to do it. You can get absolute increase in performance by using a scheduling software tool. I get it. Most people use Calendly and all that kind of stuff. Consumer grade, that's fine. But maybe you want to use something at enterprise level, which is much more secure. Um, basically, it goes two ways as well. And the hiring managers can kind of uh, see uh, see with much greater visibility uh, these things go in. Integrates brilliantly with a lot of ATSs as well. So check out chronify.com. It is enterprise ready as a scheduling software product. Um, okay, cool, cool, cool. Let's um, get on with the show. Um, uh, one of the advantages of going uh, straight into it is that we can just bring our guests on straight away. Uh, so that's what I'm going to do. Um, I'm going to bring on the wonderful 
Ala Pavlova. Let's see whether we can see her. Boom. And we've also got uh, the equally effervescent um, Nicolas Darcis. Let's see if we can bring him on. And we also have Mark Dubal as well. So let me see whether we can see Mark. There we go. There's Ala. How are you, Ala? Good, good. Hey. Oh, nice to see you. I've realized actually my headphones aren't working. So this is part of the reason why the audio might be a bit weird. Give me a sec. Let me just tune in. Sure. It happens with the best of us. With this uh, technologist, they always screw us, right? I, I don't think the audio makes a difference. Um, but basically, it kind of affects my hearing a little bit. So uh, so I think that works. So anyway, Allah's there. Um, and also mm -hmm. Mark there. And also Nicola is there. Okay, amazing. Um, okay. Yes, Nicola, we can hear you. Um, let us all do some quick intros, because even though you're all super famous in the recruiting world, uh, there may be some people who don't know who you are. So, Ala, can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Sure. Uh, my name is Ala. I'm based in Amsterdam. Uh, so I'm a technical sourcer at Riot Games. Um, and uh, in the meantime, I'm also an official a chapter lead of Amsterdam Slack community. So I will be very happy to share with you some insights and uh, some things about the community. There we go. Insights and insider knowledge. Um, okay, Nicola, for the people who don't know you, can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do? Yep. Uh, so I'm Nico, French guy living in Belgium, uh, fond of slow food, craft beer. Um, got into sourcing a while back, uh, fond of technical sourcing. Uh, now doing two things mainly. One is helping a company set up all their HR company then uh, to be able to hire all across Europe. And secondly, help them set up their talent acquisition strategy. And on the side also... Um, um, building a French slash Flemish speaking uh, community um, of recruiters, sourcer. Thanks, man, for the inspiration. No worries. And it's a great, it's a great community, by the way, folks. I mean, I'm one of these people, obviously, I'm you, everything I'm doing is English language. Um, but I'm very, very conscious of the fact that there are so many other communities out there, so many other language communities out there that may feel neglected or may feel that they're interacting in a, in a world that is just overwhelmingly Anglo-focused. Uh, so really great to see um, French language speaking, Dutch language speaking, different communities of those types. If you do speak those languages and are in recruiting, go ahead and subscribe to Nico's newsletter and his stuff. It's amazing. Um, okay, we have Mark Dougal as well. Mark, great to see you. Can you quickly introduce yourself? Who are you? What it is you do, sir? Of course. So my name is Mark Dougal. I work at GitLab as a technical recruiter. Um, I have a podcast about recruiting. Uh, my niche is recruiting. However, I love sourcing. So that's why I'm uh, joining this show today. Fantastic. And how is the podcast going? Are you still doing that on the regular, Mark? Because um, no, no, time is no. too much. Time is an issue. So I'm moving house, uh, started the new job lately, going into a new function, all those kind of things. So it's going to be fun. Um, I hope to start this summer again. Yeah, get restarted, man. That was really good. Really good to see tech to tech. Oh, so we see tech tech recruiter to tech recruiter type conversations that were really, really powerful. Um, okay, let's um, let's get on with the show here, folks. Um, sourcing on Slack. Now, let's have a look at the poll, actually, because I think there's, um, it was quite interesting for us to just review how many people... I mean, look at that. We've got... If I want to check out the poll right here, I asked the question, which statement most accurately describes your current situation? Um, and it says... Uh, I'll give a couple of options. I use Slack, but do not source candidates from it. Highest vote. I use Slack, but do source candidate from it. Only 8%, 9% doing that. 
I use Slack, but do not source from it. Would like to learn for seventy-two percent, and then we have five point two percent who don't know what Slack is. Um, which credit to those folks who don't know what it is. You know, you probably have a very very happy life. To be honest, <laughs> you're probably the happiest amongst us that you don't know. Ignorance is bliss. It really is. Okay, so basically, we have a lot of people that want to learn. Question to everyone: Why do we not source on Slack? What's the blocker? Do you think? Um, open question to anybody here. Uh, maybe technical. Well, it depends how you source. So that you know, it depends how you want to source. If you're into scraping Slack, uh, there could be a technical ramp up issue. If you're doing social engineering, it could be more of a time knowledge issue. What do you mean social engineering, man? That sounds like um, quite interesting. Well, uh, well, you know, just uh, start hanging out on a Slack group, uh, talking to people, uh, get accepted by the community. Uh, build relationships and then, you know, say, Hey, by the way, I'm also a recruiter can help you out. And, you know, love it. Infiltration, infiltration of communities. This is, <laughs> this is, this exactly what I love about um, the modern world of recruiting. Okay. Two things. So basically depending on how you do it. So it looks like maybe there's two ways to do it. You've got a load of data and you can potentially just hack into it, scrape into it and you know, do it that way to surface up the data, but not actually interact on Slack. And then the other way to do it is actually to get in amongst the community and then start building some credibility, start having conversations and start doing those things. And then from there, you could actually have you know, different types of conversations. So two broad ways to get through. Remember, folks, that's actually very similar to how we talked about in Reddit a couple of weeks ago, or a couple of months ago, if you recall. You could either scrape up a platform or get in amongst it and start talking to people. So you've got two options, obviously not mutually exclusive. But there's two broad avenues to, to focus on there. Any other thoughts, Alan or Mark? Like, why do people? Why do I do think people are hesitant to use Slack as a recruiting source of candidates? I agree with with uh, with Nicholas. Um, it's it's if you want to do social sourcing, one you have to like to do it, like to do it right. You need, really need to like getting into it, uh, spending your time building that rapport with people. Um, it's not an easy thing. It takes time. And the other side is a technical challenge. It's not as easy as going to LinkedIn or using a tool. Um, it's a little bit more difficult. So those are the ones. Also, a lot of people think they can't go sourcing on, on Slack because it's 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 frowned upon. It's actually mm. not. It really depends on how you do it. Yeah, really good point. So there is a technical ramp up. And actually, I believe today we're going to examine a few sort of ways to do that. So maybe that, that could fill in a few blocks uh, for you. But also, there's this kind of a um, almost an implicit uh, feeling that maybe you should not do this because, you know, these are communities and these are places of uh, that people have conversations, typically not to find work. And we need to respect that. And that's a line I think recruiters often struggle to, um, to, 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 to walk in between. Because on the one hand, obviously, we have a job to do to try and identify folks. On the others, we don't want to be intrusive and we want to be respectful of those spaces. So hopefully today we can also help you know, navigate a few things ethically as well. Um, Alec, get, throw it over to you. I mean, any thoughts on, on why people kind of you know, don't do it as much as they, they, they want to? You know, the 75% want to do um, when I'm training in sourcing teams, I face the challenge to convince them that sourcing on Slack is actually bringing them the untapped candidates and tapped prospects, people who are probably very hard to find anywhere else. Um, but convince them, I would say the first challenge that they face is to help them to find people based on a particular location because um, uh, communities in Slack are so broad. 
And if you're looking for people like somewhere in like Europe, uh, it's hard for you to identify the location. And then you have to kind of reach out to a lot of people and find out if these people are in the location you're looking for. Um, that's one of the challenges. So this way I would suggest already just join the communities that have a local chapter. So for example, like Slackers in Amsterdam, this kind of thing. So this way you, you overcome it. And another one is um, the time spent. Um, if you're in an agency and you have the KPI like to source 20, 30 candidates, Slack is not your source. You should uh, consider Slack as addition, is uh, something like to find maybe five, 10 people and to add to your pipeline on a weekly basis. So it's not for, um, in my personal opinion, um, it is hard to cross-reference the profiles, like uh, find out the social medias to make sure this is the relevant profile and, um, uh, it's it's hard to use it for very massive reach out, so you will just just harm yourself and the community and the reputation of recruiters. <laughs> yeah, very very good. So so there's a couple of things there, folks. So number one, let's set some expectations. So getting into Slack or sourcing from Slack isn't going to just unlock everything for you. There is it's not a mass sort of sourcing thing. So if you want to hire. 100 people or whatever it's not going to happen it's more like you've got a, a few spot type of roles that you might want to go for that make it makes it worth as well and secondly the it's hard to id location so it's it's not evident where the person is based and i guess this may be receding in relevance a little bit with the shift to remote and so on but if it is still a case where people are thinking about you know what needs to be in country or there is an in-office role that you're hiring for you might actually be spending a lot of time trying to find people that eventually you have a conversation and discover they were never relevant because the, the location was never there. Um, so lots of reasons why not. And this is not to put anybody else for, folks, but this is just to try and explain why this very, very heavily used platform, particularly for digital talent, for software engineers and what have you, a lot of the high demand people that we like to recruit, they're actually using Slack on a regular basis is part of the reason why we, we haven't got, got there as recruiters. Um, okay, and by I the way, Glenn, thank you very much for that. Uh, and uh, <laughs> as an acronym, I think it's really, uh, really quite funny and quite apt. Um, go ahead. Who is it, Nicola? You were saying, yeah, something? yeah, I think a few things on the uh, localization it's something you can get because basically, when you can you start scraping Slack, you obviously get the full name, first name, last name of the person, their email address. Uh, if you're cross referencing, then you can use, um, Phantom Buster, whatever, to uh, cross-reference those full names plus the technical uh, data to get LinkedIn profiles. You'll have false positives, but that's something you can do. And then you can filter by location and exclude already all the people who are not in your location. Yeah, so there's ways and means, right? So there's ways yeah. and means. What you're saying is the data might not be necessarily all there on Slack, but there is a way in which you could pull an email, for instance, and the email itself um, if you're using the right tooling, can help. You, you, basically, is the main bit of data you can use to cross-reference other platforms. And therefore, no, ID it's location. it's more the first name, uh, first name, last name, because the really? email is the key thing to contact the person. But I mean, you have a first name, last name, and an email. That's cool, but you still have no idea what the person does. Yeah. So what you can do is then uh, use tools that will uh, do searches and identify LinkedIn profiles based on first name, last name, plus the keywords that were used in the Slack group. Like if you're, I don't know, a Drupal group in Netherlands or whatever, then you have first name, last name, Drupal, and use a tool that will bring you out the most relevant LinkedIn profile 
based on first name, last name, keyword. Then you use, then you verify uh, those LinkedIn profiles, enrich the data with the data on LinkedIn. It can be done using tools too. And then you have a big, you know, big chunk uh, Excel file, CSV, whatever, and then just filter by location, by keywords, by whatever you need. Okay. So and once always... you've identified the people, you have their email address, so you don't have to push them on LinkedIn on whatever. And yeah, and then out. you don't even need to talk about Slack, right? You don't even need to talk no. about the source. Um, you've simply found the information you need, and you can have just an email. I think basically emailing people is okay, so long as you're not like blasting out and being massively insistent. Yeah. It's a public thing. You can just email and have a chat. Let's have a think about this. Let's draw it one, one place back. I'm complete blank slate. I don't even know how to find a community. Like, are there places to find these communities? Because Slack, you've got to download something, don't you? I mean, it's not like uh, Slack.com gives me any information. How can I find the communities? And, and does anyone know? Yeah, the easiest way, you're hiring managers. You're hiring teams. You're looking for them. So you're looking for the tech stack or whatever stack uh, or, or whatever field you know. They know exactly which those uh, Slack channels are. They are connected. They're your best source for everything sourcing. So especially the Slack channels. Okay, so number one, tap into the existing team that you're in and find out from them. If you've been briefed by your hiring manager to say we need to hire more of more of Jamie or more of Susan, okay, great. Find out where Jamie and Susan hang out, what Slack communities are they part of, and straight away you have ID'd a community. That, that runs true, by the way, for any other community out there, irrespective yes. of Slack or not. You ask the internal team. Okay. Other ways in which we can find communities aside from tapping networks. Any any thoughts on this? Use Google. It's straightforward. <laughs> what do you mean? I just type Slack communities and like yeah. what comes up. Yeah. yeah, whatever you're looking for. Like I don't know, a Slack uh, business developers. You can do an X-ray, like looking for. Uh, no, I don't think it'll work for. Um, uh, I don't know, French business developers, then you just go uh, Slack community business developer friends, see what oh, comes out. Okay, cool. So you just use Google then, just go front door in terms of basic web search on the web, Slack communities, even though they're kind of hope that they are at the end of the day, a, a web page and a web app somewhere. Um, and at the end of the day, that's therefore Googleable and searchable. Um, so do check the search engine. Uh, Allah has actually just shared an Airtable, which I think is just a pre-built or, or at least a pre-updated um, a list of um, communities. So I assume, oh, there's a few more as well. Yeah, there are a few of them running around in GitHub, uh, the biggest one on uh, Airtable. There's also websites uh, that are shared as slow files. Slow file, so they also like generate uh, based on the topic you're looking for. So you can filter people based on the language or location. That is awesome. No, but when we are talking about the Slack community, so there is actually the website that is called Slack community and you can find uh, your local chapter. I'm going to drop the link right now. Uh, basically in almost every city, in almost every country. So there is a Slack community that you can join. And 90% uh, of the audience is actually software engineers and uh, product managers because they're the most interested in this type of communities. 
is Slack community uh, built by Slack or is it built by somebody else um, uh, in order to solve this problem of identifying communities? It's run by Slack, uh, but right. the chapter leaders are just normal people from companies, startup founders, anyone can be the uh, leading the chapter, but Slack mm -hmm. gives the resources for that. So like speakers, uh, Slack, these kind of things. Okay, cool, cool. Very, very good, folks. If you're not on the chat stream, please avail yourself and check out all of these links that are in there because they're really, really useful. Um, people who are watching on LinkedIn and, and, and Facebook and all those other places, I'm going to try and get those links to you in some way. In fact, if you comment on one of those on the thread, let me know whether you want uh, me to pull all this together and I'll send it over to you in a text file or something. Um, uh, because because we're on multi channels, it's hard for me to kind of track what's going on everywhere. Actually, we I, I need an aggregate chat thing. Um, <laughs> Jeremy, that's like, how am I supposed to track all this? I can't see what's going on. Um, okay, really, really interesting. Okay, I've got these uh communities, I found the community. Can we talk about what is a recipe to kind of scrape that? So, I don't want to go in there and spend time, um, uh, you know, social engineering. Let's say I don't feel ethical about that, or I, I don't have the, 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 the long term commitment in order to do so, I'm not confident I can talk in the same way. How do I go ahead and scrape it? Is there like a, a couple of basic things we should try in, in the first instance? Um, any any contributions here? Yeah. I wrote an article about that on the SourceCon blog. Uh, I just posted it some in the chat a, a bit before, but um, it's pretty straightforward, uh, well, at least that way of doing it. I use something called Phantom Buster, which is an automation tool, and they have a Phantom, which is I don't know, a feature that will allow you to scrape Slack. And uh, it's a pretty, uh, there's a step-by-step -step tutorial. So, I mean, it's not that complicated. All right. Stop, stop press, stop press. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to actually share screen. Uh, and then, uh, Nikolai, you can just talk us through this, okay? Um, in fact, if you've got it up there, why don't you talk us through it? Um, actually, you can't share screen. Um, you're going to have to just talk through this as I, as I see it, okay? Um, Oh, please okay. do make us to, able to share the screen. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a way to do it. I forgot how to do it. Okay, but Nikolai, you see my screen okay, yeah? Yeah, okay. So okay. it's not, this article is like two years, uh, two years old. Um, okay. So it's not up to date because uh, Phantom Buster evolved. I think I haven't tried sourcing on Slack in a while, but uh, you just join whatever. Yeah, it was Drupal Netherlands um, and you become a member of a general channel. And um, if you identify, you can either scrape Slack in a whole and say, okay, I want to get all the data from every channel, from everyone. Or, okay, you can say, uh, I just want to scrape certain channels because I think they're going to be interesting. And then you can select, that's just configuration of the tool. And you scrape the data using Phantom Buster. The website has changed. And this is an old article. I should update okay. maybe. Yeah, you should have did it. But the second thing is Phantom Buster. That's a Chrome extension, right? You can you can download that, and it works on Chrome. So you scrape using a browser uh, on on any kind of uh, Slack channel that you you're a member of, correct? It's uh, let's it's, see it more as a nab than a Chrome extension. Basically, you go on their website, and yep. you have to share. Uh, you have to create uh, a Google Sheet that you can share, where you will list uh, the Slack ID the channel name and one or two more information. It will get that data, log into Slack, scrape it, 
and uh, give you the results back uh, in a CSV file. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. So just scrolling down your post, um, this is basically what it looks like. You insert the yeah. Slack group URL into Phantom Buster and it will start populating the Google Sheet that you've created specifically for it. And it will just go through and it will give you what? First name, second name, username, what else? Would it uh, give you? First name, well, the info, first name, last name, uh, I think location, if I remember correctly, email, obviously. And uh, one that I used afterwards is the URL to the picture. Yeah, and then to you the avatar. The, yeah, yeah, and potentially use a, an image search or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, because that. Yeah, because in the end, uh, so the first phantom will allow you to scrape the data from uh, Slack and put it uh -huh. in a Google Sheet. Okay. Then uh -huh. you use a second phantom that will. You're following me, Hung? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Uh, okay, you, you'll use a second phantom that will go look on Google, which is called LinkedIn URL Finder, if my memory is correct. And based on the first name, last name, plus the keyword, like for this uh, particular Slack, it would be Drupal. It will give as an output a CSV file with all the LinkedIn profiles that the phantom thinks match to your um, your initial first names, last names. Yeah, yeah, perfect, All right. perfect. Uh -huh. And then, then you can use other tools uh, quickly or other phantoms to then enrich the data you have. Mm. Uh, so it will go scrape each specific LinkedIn profile. And from that, you have a big, massive CSV file that you can filter and exclude location, uh, exclude all the people who are not in your search, then try to identify all the false positives, opening the profiles, because you'll have some, obviously. Yeah, yeah, and, okay, cool. Yeah, okay. And this is this is the end result we're looking at, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah highly useful. To Nicholas, uh, if possible, uh, as a sourcer to sourcer. So uh, when I yeah. also scrape sometimes um, a Slack, um, I don't see, not not often see the email. So if person haven't mentioned it, right? So, and sometimes in some communities, people are a little bit more um, hesitant to share their real names, like for for example, security support type of communities. And I found the nicknames. So when you say that uh, you can find um, emails and uh, full names, is it with additional extra efforts? Like, I don't know, coding no. a little bit? No, 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 no. I think... Uh, Depending on how the Slack community is created, uh, maybe they don't input the email or it can be protected from scraping in certain communities. I, I haven't created any, so I don't know what uh, configurations you can have. But on the ones I've tried, when you scrape, it brings you back the email. If it doesn't and you're like on more secure communities where you'll have nicknames or pictures, then um, you can try to do, what I would do is try to search uh, maybe Twitter, GitHub, uh, Stack, uh, or even LinkedIn with the nickname that has been mm -hmm. used. Uh, and then you'll find a way to loop back to those profiles maybe. And the last one is facial recognition. But all of this, of course, is you know uh, for educational purposes, not to be done because it could bring breaches of... Yep. So many tools. And so this is really purely educational, Hunger. It's really not done in real life.
Yeah, well, to be honest, it's quite interesting to to understand how all of this works. I mean, ultimately, beyond all of the UIs and whatnot, most things are just pages of text, um, and uh, and and you can uh, you know investigate them as you go. So very very interesting. But obviously, there's there's a couple of like links in the chain that you got to put together if you decide uh, to go and uh, and go down for route one, if you like, which is to source or which is to use uh, sort of a scraping te technique. To go it that way and by the way scraping folks is usually just an automation of what you do sort of manually anyway so you know there's nothing we're doing here whereby a person just joining a slack group couldn't identify someone who's in slack and then find an email and email them um all this is doing is trying to increase the um uh the the, the efficiency that we go at and that's essentially what most uh scraping the purpose of most scraping is it's usually public data um okay very interesting by the way folks i'm interested to, to hear uh so because that, that article is two years old nicola has just said basically been a while since he's performed that so it'd be interesting to know whether anybody's had more recent uh, sort of experience particularly when it comes to collecting all of this information with regards to email do you still get that if you go through this process um okay um any other thoughts on is that ma mainly the technique Allah? i mean is that the way to scrape it i mean or is there anything else we can do what are your thoughts on the off-platform way of sourcing candidates? Sure. So I would be transparent with you that um, I only scrape one channel that is um, uh, for job postings. And a lot of communities, they have it. So then I assume that people who are there so could be potentially interested. What I also do with this channel, so I post my jobs there and I suggest if there's any help needed, um, I introduce myself as a recruiter and say, hey, if you need any help, like to look into your CV portfolio, give you any advice, I'm happy to do that. And usually you have a pretty good response on it. I will try to share my screen just to show you what I do on Slack. And um, I hope you guys can make a screenshot. Uh, let me see if um, it allows me. Yes. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. So um, this is a very basic but very helpful way to navigate yourself on Slack. So this is the. I'm just going to make a quick demonstration. So just make a screenshot for yourself so that you can try it on the session. Um, so you can use. Uh, you can search for links, CVs, like files, people mentioning. So a lot of things that can help you to actually become a little bit more. Um, let's say familiar with Slack before you start doing things, all right? So for example, has link, there will be every message that has a link in it. And you can see if that's something you're looking for. If you're in particular, sorry, if you're on a particular channel, so you can find, uh, let's say CVs, like if someone mentioning like uh, Python and uh, you will see, okay, so it allows you to search based on the files. So boom, you have a list of resumes, so you can have a look if you want to do something about it. Uh, you can look into people. Um, a lot of them mentioning what they do. You can also like scrape and uh, clean the data and see whenever it's uh, necessary. And it's it's actually itself Slack is very uh, friendly in terms of for you to search on a different um, channels for the information you need. You can actually, for example, let me come back to. Uh, to this one. So you can uh, do um, a search based on the information that was like during some time. You would like to find something recent. One thing to be aware of, big communities usually um, are paying money uh, to uh, to hold these communities. But in a free community, sometimes searching is a little bit uh, limited to some time, like uh, half a year or something like that. So I can find everything that was posted during August 
um, and uh, see if, if that's relevant, uh, especially in the communities where you educate yourself, like uh, recruitment slackers, and you would like to learn about the topic. So, and even sometimes, like you can search in threads. It's also very important because people like to do threads and uh, um, put their like uh, CV in there. And you can also use the quotes. So it will be looking for exact phrase and you can use the minus. For example, you're looking for developer minus manager. So all the mentionings of developers, but not the managers. Um, and uh, yeah, so one uh, of the fun things that I love, you can also search on people's reaction. And I know some of you uh, developers favorite um, reactions and um, I had a lot of fun this searching for them. So everything that was with this reaction, you can find all the messages. So you can find like on fire or something like that. Um, it is useful in terms of you being there uh, in the community and you're trying to understand what is already in there. So people see these uh, introductions and uh, take the best out of it. Like uh, go in the job boards, see who's uh, publishing, post your job and browse for the channels. So I hope it was helpful. Yep, that's actually really helpful. I mean, let's flash that up a little bit more. I mean, folks, this is basically some search operators on Slack, right? So if you're in the group, most people will not know how to use these operators. Um, but you can see already that it is a super useful way to narrow down the information. Because one of the things with regards to Slack, I'm sure all of us agree, is that it is a bit of a fire hose, particularly for open community, for big community. Um, uh, you know, if a community is more than like two, 300 people that are active, pretty soon um, uh, the, the channels are going to be kind of unusable. So you need to find a way to navigate through that. Um, so having those operators available, I think is super, super useful. It's not, it's not the same as Boolean operators. There's some similarities, but it's Slack's own way of kind of doing the sourcing. So if you're going to be in a community and you're going to go through it, um, this is actually essential for you to get to the basics of it. Even if you're not doing it for a, a sourcing of talent point of view, it's useful for you to actually, you know, go back and figure out where you can find this stuff. Remember, you know, sometimes we're, we're all part of recruiter communities and how many times do people ask the question, hey, does someone remember that file that someone sent two weeks ago? Can you please circulate that around? Look, if you had the damn sort of, uh, sort of uh, way to understand basic operators, you can just look for it yourself more accurately and not pollute this, the thread with more, more, more requests of this type. Um, so, okay, that's really, really interesting. Something um, has happened. So basically, Glenn just found a way how to find my board online, but the board is private. <laughs> I'm really, like, confused. But you shared the URL. <laughs> exactly. So screen. it's like, oh, my God, I know so where I am. I'm yeah. around the sources. So, yeah, so now you yeah. have the link, you can use it, but yeah, so never making this mistake ever again. I was going to say, never screen share. Holy shit, you know? I mean, although although my strategy on screen sharing is not to be private, but to just populate my screen full of, like, false flags. Um, so, you know, if you want to go and check that out, you go ahead and check it out. You'll find yourself a website you don't want to be belonging to. So, so yeah, that's my, that's my technique. Um, anyway, um, let's talk about doing it in a non-technical way because all of this stuff is all well and good you want to scrape it want to use the tool it etc etc but sometimes you might want to think you know what forget all of the technical hacking stuff let's just try and like make some friends you know let's not try and disguise what we're doing we're recruiters and we're representing these companies can we have conversation how can we do it what is the technique the way to do it mark dubel do you want to kick us off with this uh, this side of it yeah of course so um 
this is the part that I love most. I, I'm not the technical sourcer, I'm the social sourcer, right? Um, there are a few rules that you have within Slack before you even start diving into building those connections, right? First is getting in, um, give the, 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 the host or give the, the owner of the group a good message. Don't just say, hey, I'm a sourcer or I'm a recruiter and I just want to hire people. Some Slack channels have groups for that, have channels for that, right? Some, some people actually have a um, job posting or job seekers channel. Now, if they have them, stick to that channel when you propose jobs. Don't go pushing jobs in other channels. There's a reason for it. You will get kicked out. Some of the groups don't have them. Always talk to the admin. What are your rules around this? Make sure that you get on the best foot with the admin first because they decide if you're allowed to stay there. Quick, quick, quick go, uh, return. So most, most best communities always have a gate. You, you know, they're not just like free entry. So mm -hmm. I go into a community and, I, and there's a blocker. They say, right, you need to apply. Therefore, there's probably a bunch of questions and I need to fill it in. Um, now I want to tell them I'm a recruiter, but how do I, how do I kind of reassure them I'm going to be a good citizen in the community? Um, so, what's, what's the technique there? <laughs> I cheat. Um, I always say, hey, listen, I'm an excellent engineer getting back into coding. Um, that's <laughs> true. Though. Not, not anybody can say that with honesty. Right? For you, that's okay. Well, yeah. um, well, what I see colleagues do and other people do is actually be honest and hey, listen, I want to engage more with the community. I want to learn from them, but also want to help them. Right? You're not just there to, to ask for stuff. You're there to give first, and then you can ask in return. So you start with, hey, listen, I really want to join the community. I'm here as a recruiter, not just for my own company. I can help people with their resumes, with finding a job, with advice on interviews. Now you're adding value to the group. And you can only ask for value from the group if you add value first. So that's right. the way most people can approach it. Yeah, really important point, folks. Energy in, energy out, right? Like, don't recruiters are very much like demand, demand. Um, but actually, in in these community spaces, we have to recognize um, that our behavior of, of just demanding all the time can actually be very parasitical in terms of their experience. It's like, who the hell hell is this person? Um, they've contributed nothing to the community, and there they are, either spamming the group with jobs or they're you know DMing people for for, for, for things. It's like no. Um, so, um, you have a very clear idea as to how you can help. Um, and I think Vim is actually very good at this. And also Ivan Gilenko is good at this, where he's basically, you know, very happy to be just spending extra, extra time with candidates and saying, look, I can help you in these scenarios and these circumstances, market data, market information, even giving like recruiter insights, like yeah. don't underestimate how little people might know as to how recruiters operate. Oftentimes, um, people are very, very, they don't understand recruiter behavior, uh, which is why they, when they get irate at, at, at certain recruiter behavior, rightly so in many cases, but they often have the wrong reason. They, they, they don't understand why recruiters behave this way. So you, your ability to explain that recruiter behavior, I think is really, really useful. Classic example is the perception that recruiters typically try and crush you down on salary in order to get some sort of commission. Actually, no, in permanent work, permanent placement, our job is to increase the salary to get a higher commission. That basically is a confusion between permanent and contract uh, uh, sort of uh, uh, recruiting. A lot of technical candidates, a lot of candidates of any type do not know this. Um, and they assume recruiters always on the make making money off me. Not always the case. We're oftentimes trying to push the salary on the on the client side in order to get a bigger commission. So education, 
on what recruiters do can also be a way to help um, to get yourself into these communities and actually help a lot of people just navigate what it is to work with recruiters. Okay, great. Once I'm in, you're saying straight away I need to have a conversation with, with the mod or I need to establish some connection with the, the moderating uh, group there. Yeah, it really depends. If they have clear rules and have clear channels, it's a little bit easier, right? If they have defined, this is the hiring group, you can go in there as a recruiter or some, have, some of them have uh, promotion channels where everybody can come in, sales, everything then you're safe. But if you're looking for a niche community, um, say 200 people less, talk to the admin, uh, because you want to make sure that you play according to the rules. That's an, a very important thing. Now, as soon as, you, as, as you've done that, you actually know, hey, what can I do on those channels? Now, there are a few options. Sometimes they create a channel for you. Now, suddenly you can do my Friday. So what I do is Friday evening tips. Every Friday, I go to a few of my Slack communities and I just give them tips on applying for a job or interviewing or using star method for, for behavioral-based interviews. In the beginning, nobody will notice. And slowly people will notice and start understanding what you're doing. And that way you're starting building respect a little bit and people actually engage with you. If you just bombard yourself in, even when you're not posting jobs, you will not always be uh, appreciated because you still have that, that you're a recruiter. That's it, right? You're a terrible human being. Um, so it's building your name, actually slowly building your name. And this is the fun part for me, but the terrible part for a lot of people, it costs time. And the beautiful thing is if you invest that time, the candidates will present themselves instead of you needing to look for the candidates. Because once you start discussions with people about why they chose a certain technology, or you see a, a conversation about uh, why they switched from, from Ruby to Alexer, right? Um, if when you start asking that, you will see that some people actually step up and try to teach you stuff, try to help you. Those are your candidates because those are the ones that actually understand the technology and are able to explain it. So by putting in that effort, the candidates present themselves to you. So, okay, folks, there's a few really important lessons there. Thank you, Mark, for, for that overview. I want to keep going with the community side a little bit more, but I just want to pause a little bit at this point because this makes sense to do if you are a persistent recruiter for a certain type of person. Yep. So I don't think getting into the social engineering side is particularly useful if you are, let's say, episodically hiring for a, a random tech person. Too um, much effort. Uh, there's too much effort. The ROI is not there and you're not going to get there, which is part of the reason why recruiters, uh, you know, maybe do demand really quickly, really early because they're spread too thin on different things. However, if you are in a vertical, let's say, hey, I recruit Python people, you know, that's your expertise, or you recruit people in this location, maybe, or whatever vertical it might be, then it is worth your while starting to build this thing. Because once you start building your rep in these in these spaces, actually, it gets it compounds over time, doesn't it? Because people will recognize you a little bit. You get an internal reputation. I don't think Slack has a scoring thing. It's not like Reddit where there's a number against your rep. So your reputation really is true in the sense that it, it, it people have to know you. But if you're there and you're visible and you're regular like Mark is, then potentially you can kind of get access to conversations that no one else can get. Um, right. That's 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 the premium candidates that basically no one else would be speaking to. And they would actually pro they'll, they'll actually develop the mentality whereby they don't want to speak to another recruiter because they can speak to Mark. Um, and once, you, when, once you've got that position, you're in great shape. 
And please understand that you don't have to be in those channels every day, right? I make a typical thing to do it on Monday and Friday. That's it. And if I, of course, get pinged on uh, uh, solely, but you don't have to constantly be in those channels. That's not manageable, not for any recruiter or sourcer. Yeah, so that seems perfectly manageable to me in your technique. So you set t times of the week. Um, that's an hour here, half an hour there. And then you just put like DMs on notification. So, yep. you know, if someone app mentions me or DMs me, I can jump back in, but I'm not sitting there looking at the matrix in the hope of helping anybody, right? So you basically create your own schedule, your own agenda. Let's say you can spend two hours per week um, for 10 weeks just to see where you're at. I reckon 10 weeks consistently, you're probably going to get to a point where people are going to think, you know what, this person's all right. They're useful uh, contributors to the community. The regularity is super important. Um, folks, everyone is watching this at like 2 p.m. in the afternoon, UK time, 3 p.m. in um, uh, European time. And, and people get used to it. I was in Madrid a couple weeks ago and I met with a friend of mine who said um, her husband didn't know who I was, apart from the fact that he's always on always on LinkedIn, LinkedIn Live at 2 p.m. The, the, the fellow had no clue other than this. Um, but it, I, I found it quite funny because it meant that, you know what, just being here so regularly just kind of makes few people feel that's a bit more familiar to you. Um, and that's like super, super useful. So you can do that on Slack. Okay. Uh, let's talk about community tips uh, uh, in a minute because I just want to do a, a quick break. As we always do on Brain Food Live, we always have this mini break because it is important that Brain Food is a conversation starting show um, rather than something that starts conversation and stops it. However, we do come off air in about 15 minutes. Um, so I'm sure you'd like to continue the conversation with everyone else who's learning about how to recruit on Slack. If that is the case, Please take a moment, take your LinkedIn profile and share it in the chat stream on Crowdcast and share it on the comment thread on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, or whatever you're watching it. And then connect to all of those people that have similarly shared their LinkedIn profiles. Uh, that way, you can walk away from this conversation with at least 20, 30, 40, 50 people that are in uh, the community and interested in this topic. Um, and please go ahead and continue that conversation with them offline in different places or whatever it might be, because it makes sense for you to just keep learning from each other. You know, but a brain food should never be it's a conversation starter. It should never be a conversation stopper. So go ahead and share your LinkedIn profiles in the chat stream, comment threads, wherever you see it. Um, okay. People are doing that, which is awesome. Let's keep talking social engineering. Um, Nicola, Ala, your tips on this. Uh, I'm in there. Let's say I'm, I'm, you know, reasonably okay. People like me, etc. Um, is there a way? But I'm not like maybe getting too many candidates. Um, I feel like you know, it, yeah, it's great that I'm contributing, but I, I now need something back. Is there any other way in which I could start stimulating a little bit more recruitment orientation stuff? I mean, what, what thoughts do you, do you have on that? Mark, feel free to contribute to this as well. That's a good question. I was wondering first if uh, Crowdcast was scrapable, uh, seeing all those LinkedIn URLs. It's um... <laughs> it is. It is. I was checked. Yeah, you can. You can. Okay. It's absolutely <laughs> scrapable. It's absolutely scrapable. Uh, that people have asked me to scrape it because there's so many great um, sort of links to be shared in there. So if someone knows how to scrape uh, Crowdcast. Go ahead. Uh, you got my permission at least. Anyway. Um, Okay, no, so I, I was wondering, well, I think Mark gave uh, really the, the best tips. So it, it's not what I usually do uh, uh, coming into communities or 
um, because I found workarounds that work for me too. And in terms of uh, time management, uh, it's too consuming for me for the time I can allow to this. I think the way Mark is doing it is as good. And I mean, there's no, it's just different approaches. What I think is interesting is that you're bringing value to the people and not just taking. So it's really giving and it'll come back, whatever, you know, comes around, goes around. It'll come back. Um, and I think it's a sustainable way of doing it too, because here today we're talking about Slack where there is this technical uh, possibility of scraping. Uh, so I'm just going to drop this as an open question, but you're also going to find lots of tech guys, developers, whatever on Discord. Oh, and yeah. Discord is, well, okay, I'm working on it, but still haven't found out how to scrape this. So the only way to work around it is, you know, having Mark's approach. Separate separate talk. We're going to do how to source on Discord in in. <laughs> yeah, in don't forget pods. to invite Wim for that. Topic, yeah, yeah, so we're, we're, really recommend that. It, yeah. we're also <laughs> going to do TikTok, so we're going to do that before the end of the All year. Right. It's going to be super exciting. Um, okay, uh, may let's. I add, um, sorry, may I add just a few things uh, to this one? Sorry, um, in terms of uh, how we can scale it a little bit and what you can do in the community. Um, so uh, one of the things that I did, I invited a few colleagues uh, so that we can um, share like from time to time, like different links so that keep going like the activity in the community, still representing the company. Uh, also invited a few of my really great hiring managers and they were posting their portfolios or the things that they did, articles, technical blog that the company has. And actually it led me to some hires. When I worked at Miro, so I was hiring uh, one person from Slack community every month. How we did that? So we, uh, yeah, I was not alone. So that's the first secret. So I was with a group of my colleagues and hiring managers, but we targeted specific community. It was the best community for DevOps engineers. And we had a goal to make sure that we find the best people in there. What we also uh, offered, um, now we created a channel in this community with a uh, permission of the admins and we started to really generate some content in there and um, people were happy to join because what we were doing we were just gaming and streaming and uh, people were just watching how we played the games and they loved it and um, it's uh, our channel actually became quite big so and it's still in the community so you can find something you can talk about books or games you touched <laughs> yes. something really good there using your team because it's not just on you so I'm in a niche at the moment, uh, Ruby on Rails. It's not the, the easiest to recruit for. It's, it's fun. But most of your team members are either in there already or should be in there. And you can actually use them because they engage. They see the right candidates and they can actually reach out way easier and then connect them to you in Slack. And you can actually go further with, with the actual recruiting tool. So the, the person, the engineer or the hiring manager, whoever, that's already in that community can actually pitch you to the pe people that they're speaking to. Yeah, team effort. Uh, and team you know, effort. The, that's a really good point because to take it all, to, to try and create the credibility all by yourself, that's actually Art. really quite tough, um, especially as it is an online platform. You know, people, you know, you don't want to know them face to face. It's hard to get that degree of uh, sort of social exchange to the point where people really will get you. Social capital is great, though. So if you've got other people in there, get them involved and get them to boost you. Um, so super interesting. Uh, the second thing that Alan mentioned, which is really interesting as well, which is it doesn't, you, you don't have to just fixate on recruiting. 
um, like as a member of the community, you can go and do something that's completely um, sort of away from the, the core content of what you do, or even the core content of what the org, of what the community is, but it might be fun for you and you think it might be fun for others. Go ahead and like or do a live stream on that. Like I've gotten into playing chess recently, right? Um, and I was just thinking, you know what? If I join one of those communities, I just play chess with people uh, and live, live stream that. <laughs> and it's like, okay, I do it anyway, right? So you play these games anyway. You play Wordle, don't you, anyway? Or you do whatever. Uh, so why not do it in a public setting or in a setting where other people can observe this and actually get involved if they want to? And potentially, that's a, a way to grow social capital, you know. So that's a, quite a, a, an interesting uh, technique to uh, uh, to try and follow. Um, okay, very very interesting, folks. Um, uh, by the way, everyone, if you've got any questions for our guests, please do ask a question at the bottom of the screen. There, there's a little kind of uh, feature or a link at the bottom of the Crowdcast. Ask a questionnaire. We're going to get to them in a minute. If you're on LinkedIn or Facebook or whatever, just put it in a comment and I'll try and get to them as I spot them um, and, and glance through. Um, so, so yeah, go ahead and do that and we'll, we'll, we'll get to the questions in due course. Um, okay, let's do some uh, kind of uh, um, third-party tooling. So is there anything that kind of... Is there, is there tooling that helps with Slack in some way? You know how Twitter has... You know, things like follower wonk, for instance, that helps you do a search of, of followers and stuff. Um, does Slack have anything like this that we can easily use or have they kind of been very disciplined and you know, blasted everyone off who tried it? No, it's not about that, but I would like to add on this one. So um, Slack has uh, open uh, public API. So basically, you can do a lot of things. Um, uh, automation, uh, connect uh, your uh, Slack community with Airtable. So basically, when there is a new member in the Slack community, it automatically pops up in Airtable. It is something that will require developers to help you. It will require some, some team work. Um, I don't think myself, I, I can't do that. So it's, it's really like a little bit programming. But uh, some of them um, uh, possibilities, like by using this public API, can do a lot of interesting things, even automates adding candidates to your ATS and um, yeah, creating some lists. So there is an um, uh, app repository on Slack. Uh, I'm going to share it. Uh, it's like examples of things that makes your usage of Slack easier, but it's not something that I'm aware of, like uh, that's uh, like that helps to source on, on Slack, unfortunately. Maybe maybe someone else knows, but not to my knowledge, unfortunately. Everyone's shaking their heads. I mean, I, I, that looks like a pretty much consensus, which is a bit of a relief, to be honest. There's no real cheap, kind of cheap tricks there. Um, uh, there's two ways, scrape from outside or get in and do some social engineering. On the social engineering side, something that's just occurred to me, probably this has already been, oh my God, uh, probably something has this has already been um someone's actually calling me on the phone have you seen this how crazy um like who does that these days yeah. fashion. um i think it's glam because if um, you have my board so, so, so basically you can find um phone. you've got a um <laughs> uh, like you can set up a channel right um like is it possible to set up a channel where basically uh, like if you go to a big community whatever it is you set up a channel saying you know what this is a job search or job help channel and you can sit on that and you can say you know what folks I'm here purely to help candidates get jobs. And then people might then interact in these communities. Doesn't, I'm sure if you go to a big Python community or, or any of these technology languages, they're probably already there, but not all of us are recruiting for those people. It might be you're recruiting for clinical psychologists or something, or you're recruiting for something else where usage of Slack is a little bit more emergent, 
But if you're hiring for those types of places, go into the community early and see whether you can speak to the moderator and set up a channel that's dedicated to this. And again, just set up the DMs, put a weekly post up there to give an explanation or a tip. And then before you know it, you might just get candidates coming to you because you've got um, a, a very viable way of doing it. There's a bunch of recruiter channels as Slack communities, by the way. I hope you're already joining some of these. Now, I reckon someone could, a rec to rec should be like setting up a channel within a recruiter community and start giving negotiation tips, how to, you know, uh, get over the fact that you got sacked in your last job, you know, all those types of stuff. Bits of advice like that, I think that person will end up acquiring a lot of capital for our social capital from candidates. And then, you know, that's on, on their way. So think a little bit about, again, how you can support and how you can help. Um, okay, let's... Um, hung, right. may, maybe one thing, uh, a rec-to-rec uh, idea would be to set up a community. That would be... I'm sure it already exists. The thing is, yeah. though, all, yeah. all those Slack yeah. communities out there and any recruiter community, I mean, brain food outside of Slack, right? I mean, there's 30,000 recruiters on there. Probably that could be a rec-to-rec business at some point, um, you know, if I cared about it. Um, but, yeah. but, but yeah, it's, it's like ultimately you could probably do something as a subset within a Slack group. Like, let's say you don't want to do it as your own thing, but you can say, you know what? I have a trusted person that is prepared to do this, this, and this, and actually give genuine value. Go ahead and do it that way. Uh, yeah, absolutely. DBR is amazing. Probably the yep. number one in, on the planet, actually, with regards to uh, uh, just in terms of usage and activity and stuff like that. Um, okay. Let's, oh, by the way, here's a trick for you. There is a recruiting brain food Slack channel. Bet you didn't know that, did you? Um, bet you didn't know. Bet you didn't know. It's a Why are you hiding it? Why are you hiding it? <laughs> it's a exactly. What's the point? That's so, come on. He's Everybody's going to search. First one to find it gets coffee, a beer at Sosu. There's actually tons of like secret brain food stuff. Wherever there's a place that brain food has a, a presence or somewhere. So it's on stealth mode there. But if you can find it, kudos to you. I might just let you in. Uh, okay, let's go to questions. Uh, we have, okay, Nelly is saying, let's say it straight away. Nelly's. Tips and sources to find dev communities in Slack, please. Nelly, you're really early in asking that question because there are, we've already answered that. There's loads of stuff on the uh, the, the chat stream. Go and check that out. Um, okay, so here saying, okay, how many placements have you made from Slack? Ali, you've already mentioned at, at some point during Miro, you were placing sort of one a, one a month or something. So, but I, I don't think it's ever going to be like mass market. It's never going to be your main thing. Um, but it's one of those where, you know what, if you've got a hard to hire role, it's going to take you ages. You're already doing all the basics. You've already, but you might have a superpower here um, that no one else has access to. Uh, and that can really help you. So, so yeah, that's great. If, I think if you're also focusing, uh, maybe that was what you were going to say, Mark, but if you're focusing on the same roles in long term, then it can definitely be helpful. If you're one off, okay. But if you're focusing on the same roles repeatedly, then, I mean, it's definitely worth doing. And yep. I think I'll get good results. But Mark, yeah. Definitely. So I, I wanted to say exactly that. Um, also, um, and, and don't forget this, as a recruiter, these Slack channels are one huge, big source of information for you, not just candidates. You can learn so much more about what you're recruiting for. You can actually ask questions if you don't understand them and your hiring manager couldn't tell you right or you didn't understand it. You can ask them in your Slack channels. And these are the best source. By the way, asking questions publicly is not only a great way to get answers to questions, but it's also a great way to engage people. 
Um, There's absolutely brilliant way to engage people because you're being open and honest. You don't know about this thing, ask it. And then suddenly people volunteer information. You can have a conversation, not only get educated, but you're building social relationships at the same time as getting educated. So it's superior to doing a search on Google or something where you might get the same information, but you're not getting any social capital because you've had no human to human exchange. So always ask a question in a public space where people can answer it, but do so in such a way where you're providing the right context. So in other words, don't be super lazy and just try and look for solutions. Try and provide the context, help people help you. Um, And once you have that, then actually it's a really good way to start the engagement process as well as the education process. Okay, we actually got two more questions and these are directed to you. These are coming oh, in from wow. LinkedIn. So I, I promised the folks on LinkedIn I was going to try and go to them, and I've actually done it for the first time. <laughs> uh, so, so let me touch it. So Andrew said, okay, question for Allah, what are the best places to find games developers? Can you give us a, a few quick uh, Slack channels on that? Uh, sure, I can select a few ones, but uh, this um, also, like, it could be uh, the community of indie game developers. Uh, so, and uh, the, the the ones that really prefer like strategy games, etc. So this community is actually divided by the type of the games you would like to play. So happy to share it. Uh, and uh, by the way, don't forget to message people uh, in these communities. Actually, um, my response rate was, was very nice. And so people were coming back to me quite nicely because uh, you're part of the same community. You can use it as a story. Hey, I'm also in this community. I'm new. Uh, I want to ask you a question. And the response was incredible. I never felt so good. <laughs> so just, just to not exclude it yeah. That may, in fact, be a part two. I mean, maybe we do a separate show where we talk about how to do messaging in these communities in such a way that is you get a positive response. Because I think a big part of the reason why recruiters might struggle with Slack, Discord, all those other places is because they're fearful of that sort of uh, direct message. Um, And rightly so. We need to not abuse this. Um, but at the same time, it's like, you know, there's a possible way to actually do that interaction uh, and, and, and actually get a positive result. We have also not talked about... Do you go first name, true name, yourself? How do you design your avatar? Is it your own face? Is it a robot face? Is it something else? We don't know. So all of those things we should talk about. We do not have the time. We've run out of time, unfortunately. Um, so we have to finish the show. A quick answer to uh, to Natasha uh, uh, Mansingani, Mansingani uh, front-end and uh, uh, back-end developers. Go to slowfile.com. You'll find what you need on there. Um, okay, that's it, everybody. We're going to have to say goodbye to everybody. I want to say a massive, massive thank you to our amazing guests. So, Mark Dougal, thank you so much for your um, uh, your wisdom and your intelligence and, you know, your your ethics when you're talking about this. Uh, Nicola, I'm <laughs> Nicola, thank you so much also for your time. Really great to get your insight and also, you know, being prepared to revisit um, the uh, uh, the scraping side of it. Great to see an update, by the way, if you ever had the time. Um, and Ala Pavlova, always great to see you. Wonderful to get your contribution as ever. Uh, for, for those of you who are going to Sosu, I don't know whether you three are, but if you're going to Sosu next, uh, you are, Nicola, brilliant. Listen, good luck on, on your talks. Please enjoy. Um, and, uh, and yeah, let me know how it goes. Folks, if you're not... Uh, if you're in Amsterdam next week, go and buy a ticket because these two are going to be doing talks there. It's going to be amazing. So um, thank you all three. Um, you. We'll catch you. Uh, we'll catch you. Uh, I guess next week. Oh yeah, next week we're going to be talking about missing millions. Where are the workers, folks? Permanent candidate shortage in G- G7. We have got labor market economists from Indeed, from Radency, and from some, from some institute I don't know, but they're super credible. They're going to come in and talk to us about why there are no more candidates. Really interesting stuff. Um, so make sure you register on the channel and uh, follow on that. 
And remember, Monday, uh, we're going to do a big fresh and review the newsletter. Um, so goodbye, everybody. Thank you so much for our guests. See you, Mark. See you, Nicola. Take See care. you, Allah. Cool, cool, cool. Wasn't that amazing, folks? I bet you thought it was. Um, so anyway, listen, hope you enjoyed it. Um, make sure that you check out all of the stuff we talked about. Follow the channel if you want to get regular updates on do, uh, sort of Brave Through Live. We do this every Friday. Thanks for watching, everybody.